The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hope you're having a fantastic day. We have so much to catch up on. We are going to talk all things Emmys today because it's relevant. It's at the top of the mind. You know, we were in the thick of it at the Emmys this week. And I'm going to tell you all the nitty gritty details. I got so many DMs, so many messages, TikToks, all that jazz. People wanting to know the real tea and how the whole situation came about. You know, you just want to know. You want to be BTS, you know, behind the sexiness. And that's what I'm here to tell you about. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, I understand that I'm wearing the same light cream grayish sweater as this boucle chair that's been beat to all hell. So I'm sure I look fat as a house, but we're going to roll with it. I I, got to just let it go. Got to let go, let God for what I look like online, because guess what? (laughs) There'll always be a Reddit thread about it. Anywho, speaking of just looking, you know. Looking fantastic. I got to give a big shout out. Want to give a big shout out to Sonia Young, who styled me for the red carpet. And I'll tell you what, she just slayed. It's really interesting, you know, when you get to start doing more of this public stuff and on-camera things, I would always just style myself. I'd hired a stylist a couple years prior, and it was just a nightmare of a situation. But having, putting my trust and faith in Sonia was so great. So listen, The one privileged thing I do have in my life right now is I was able to, you know, have a little bit of a budget to hire somebody to put me in some good clothes. And man, did she slay the look. I hope you all enjoyed the look. I was going for like a, like Joan Rivers, late Joan Rivers, but Parisian. I wanted feathers. I wanted a different neckline. I wanted to do something chic and sophisticated. You always see me in hot you know, a hot short glitter boots, cheetah print. I wanted to stray away from what you usually see me in. I wanted an element of surprise, if you will. Now, if you're like Heather, if you're just tuning in, you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. That's your first time listening to the podcast. Let me update you. Okay. First of all, welcome to Absolutely Not, where we usually talk about, you know, all, all the woes of the world. But today it's all about celebrating me and what an incredible job I did at the Emmys. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, so I was on E! News, asked me to come be the, I almost said White House correspondent for fuck's sake. Okay. They would never allow me to ask questions to anybody. I have been to the white house though. And I actually did go into the press room and get to stand at the podium. So I'm not giving myself enough credit, but I did the E red carpet interviews for the Emmys, which was an incredible opportunity. I'm so grateful to E shout out to the whole team, but that was an incredible opportunity. And you know, here's the deal. You know me, I have a TV show that I'm developing. I'm a writer. I'm a standup. I am not a journalist. And at no point when I got the phone call, did I think it w- the job was going to entail so much research, so much knowledge. I thought it would be a little bit more Joan Rivers-esque, a little touch of fashion police, a little bit of like playful roasting of celebrities. And then when I stepped into the role and I started having my first initial pre-production meetings, I realized I was literally in the deep end Water engulfing the the life raft 
of information I need to know about all these celebrities and, and, you know, their projects. And listen, I have had a ton of interviews, especially like when I was doing press for the, the standup special. And it's so obvious when you are getting interviewed by somebody who A, doesn't give a shit about you or B, has ever watched your stuff. And I am such a television fan, okay? I have all these projects that I'm trying to get across the finish line. And I'm a huge TV fan. So I was geeking out because I wanted to show respect to these other artists. And and I and I watch TV, watch movies. Like this is this is my biz. You know what I mean? My husband knows about sports. I know about every fucking show on the planet. That's what I do. But to have, you know, okay, where am I even gonna start with this? Let's just start at the ask from me. When I got in, I was like, it's overwhelming. All right. Also, I can't really form a sentence today because I am brain dead because I basically grilled celebrities for the last, you know, 24 hours. So bear with me if I'm, I'm chewing over my words a little bit. Anywho, though, so when I started doing the initial pre-production meetings, I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, I had a hundred page Google Doc of everything I needed to learn. And I took my job seriously. I always do. When I'm on the road and I'm writing and I'm doing stand-up, I'm a professional, okay? I don't half-ass anything because I'd be pissed if you came to my job and you half-ass anything. So I went in nervous fucking Nelly. We did Sunday night before the Emmys, we did a rehearsal. So I'm standing in my position. Now, let me explain to you too how the red carpet works. There's all these different news outlets and the red carpet's like almost like this big giant U-shape. And every celebrity walks with their publicist And then the publicist kind of pitches you to each network, right? So if it's like E E Entertainment, E News, ABC, TNT, whomever, they're going around to all these little different alcoves to get interviewed. So we did a rehearsal on Sunday night. And now you, what you have to realize is, again, it was not like when you're podcasting and you're interviewing other people and it's just a natural flow of conversation. You have to hit specific points. There is a publicist who wants things to be specifically answered. You're talking about the nominee. You, you, there's just so much information that you have to get into and out and out from the, the guest in a matter of 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 90 seconds. So I had a stack of like a hundred note cards and I had been studying them And we went through and did a rehearsal. So I'm standing in my little alcove, my little built-in set. And you have have an earpiece in your ear. So I can hear the producers from the truck, the production truck saying, okay, Heather, and we're going to wrap in 30 seconds. After this question, you're going to wrap, then you're going to pivot. I'm going to walk you through the scenarios of what it was like. Okay, how just all over the fucking map this style of interviewing is. Now I've done live television. I've co-hosted today's show. I've had an earpiece in. I know how to read a prompter. But when you're literally have celebrities coming up on your right, you got a card, you have a producer handing you a fresh card with, you know, the most updated things. You have a producer talking in your ear. You're reading from prompter. You're holding the microphone. You're holding the cue card or the, yeah, I guess, you know, your little prompt card and you're having to go back and forth with the mic. I mean, it was absolutely overwhelming. So we did a dry run Sunday night. I told the producers, like, listen, I am a, it is game time, baby. I will show up. I will be prepared. I will be on time. I will be grateful. Like, that's just my work style. I said, but I'm shitting in my boots. Because I was just so anxious about trying to absorb all of this knowledge. I mean, I don't know if you, like, have any friends in your life right now who've, like, tinkered with the idea of going back to grad school. And every time I go to dinner and a friend of mine is like, I was thinking about going to law school. I'm like, Horrible fucking idea. If you're in your mid thirties, we do not have the brain capacity anymore to sit and study. All right. I already know I did too many of the Adderalls in college, 
recreationally to have the full capacity in my hippocampus. Like, let's just be honest. I mean, the white wine alone has made me dumber over the years. So I told the producers, like, listen, you don't need to worry about me. I'm just I'm just letting you know I am worried about the amount of information that I need to learn. Because it wasn't even just knowing about each person coming up. It's that you have a feed that's going on through your ear. So say you're in the middle of an interview and, you know, you're asking them a question in your ear. You're hearing after this question, it's going to be 10 seconds and then you're going to pick up to prompter. So you're actively trying to listen, absorb what they're saying. And then, you know, you have to look up, pick up to prompter. You need to make sure that the celebrity guest gets down because we're on, on a little ledge. So you don't want to, you know, a starlet rolling a fucking ankle in a platform for Saatchi mule. And then the next thing you know, you go viral because you kick the bitch a little too hard off your platform. And now she's suing your ass. I mean, there were just so many moving parts. So I was so anxious Sunday night. I called Jeff and I was like, honey, this is such a large ask. I know I've performed for a sold out uh, stadium uh, or stadium theater, Radio City. I know I've performed two specials every time I'm about to go into a job. I always tell my husband, like, I, I, I can't do this. I'm so nervous. And he's like, you got this. But I said, honey, I really genuinely think my brain capacity cannot handle the amount of things that are simultaneously going on around me. Like it was like a just an absolute overwhelming sense of being overstimulated. But naturally, showtime comes, honey. And it, and it was like, it's, it's no time, but now. So we get up on Monday, hair and makeup comes shout out to Casey who always does such a beautiful job beating that face and Glenn did my hair. Sonia came, she did all my styling and it was exciting. I said, I just have to rest on my laurels. Like I just need to relax and rely on the fact that I know what I'm doing. If I mess up a cue, if I can't hear the in feed in my ear, I just got to know. I know how to make good live television. I know how to make good live theater. That's what I do. I perform live. That's my, that's what brings me joy. So I said, we're going to figure this out. When I tell you though, they did that countdown and I am standing in that tight dress. I had two pairs of Spanx on. I didn't know you really could double up. I made jokes about it, but I doubled the fuck up. And when I tell you, they were like, and we're counting down. We're going live in three, two, one. I saw the light of the Lord. I felt an angel come down through my body tickle the back, the vulva, not the, the the uvula in the back of my throat. And that angel said, it's time to shine, baby. And I read that prompter and I was like, live from Los Angeles, it's the Emmys. And that was it. And we were off to the races. And for three hours straight, I believe two or three, it felt like 65 weeks. It was just interview after interview after interview. Now, I feel like the best way to probably do this is to go through the questions that y'all sent in just to, to really answer directly what y'all want to hear. But when I tell you, it was absolutely the wildest rush of adrenaline. I mean, I was on, I was going a hundred miles an hour for two to three hours. There is no downtime. Even in between a break, I'm wolfing down a Snickers bar to keep the blood sugar right. You know, no time to pee. There was no stepping off the carpet. It's not even like I don't know when you know, you're on set and they call break and you're like, all right, let me go back to my trailer and, you know, let, I don't know, take a dump. There was just no option. I was locked and loaded in these double spanks, but it was so much fun. 
There is a hot new show out on Netflix that you're going to absolutely want to watch. And I'm talking about The Trust, a game of greed now streaming only on Netflix. Funny enough, my friends produced this show, created this show. So, you know, I'm going to be locked and loaded on the couch watching and supporting. But let me tell you something. What is the show about? Well, 11 strangers are given a quarter of a million dollars to split evenly. Will they take their fair share? Or will the allure of more money cause them to vote each other out to keep more for themselves. It's the ultimate test of human nature as greed and mistrust threaten to destroy even the strongest of relationships. In this game, everyone starts as winners and they can all leave as winners if they choose to share. Watch The Trust Game of Greed streaming now only on Netflix. I know what I'm going to be watching. Check it out on Netflix. You know, when I'm bebopping around on the red carpet and doing fabulous things, or if I'm just honestly trying to survive in the airport, you know what I love? Lumi deodorant, L-U-M-E deodorant.com. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Lumi, which is a game-changing whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet, privates, and everywhere else we get odor. I'm telling you what, I could have used that Lumi Dio on the feet yesterday. No matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long. And all thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. They've got over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. Make the switch to Lumi and make this year your freshest one. I use Lumi when I'm on the road. I use Lumi all the time. And in fact, my makeup artist Casey uses Lumi in his kit just to have it. Like when we're running around, he'll throw the Lumi on the pits or wherever when we're just running around. One of the reasons I love it, it's because it was created by an OBGYN. It's whole body deodorant. It's baking soda free and paraben free. It's pH balanced for safe use below the belt. And it's clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone. The Lumi Starter Pack is a perfect for new customers. It comes with solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash, her deodorant wipes, and free shipping. Right now, as a special offer to our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi Starter Pack with code ABSOLUTELY5 at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code ABSOLUTELY5. Now back to the podcast. I'll get into the after party in a little bit, but I think let's just get into some of these questions so that way we can just pepper it in. And I'm sorry, and if, and if this episode means nothing to you and you don't care about how any of this works, skip to the next one. Because, you know, I got, well, how many time, How many years have we been doing this podcast? Four and a half years. I'm just trying to answer the questions in one place, okay? Here we go. Who were you most nervous to interview? All right, this is what I'm going to say. You know, these are my peers. We're all in the same business together. And I don't really get nervous to talk to like wildly famous people. I also want you to know, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a host, all right? I'm a comedian, I'm a stand-up. So again, I was also a little like, how do I do this job? Obviously, I know how to be clean on television, but how do I do this job with keeping like my sense of humor, keeping people on their toes, making people laugh without, without making it too Ryan Seacresty? And that is no hate, no shade to Ryan Seacrest, but he is a radio DJ. He is a host. That is the persona that he puts on. That's not me. I mean, I'm Heather smoking a couple cigs, having a white wine, talking about the Real Housewives. That's more me. You know what I mean? So I, I will say though, Kieran Culkin was one of my first interviews and he is, I mean, Succession's one of the best TV shows of all time. I love him. It's, I get more nervous interviewing or, or talking to people that I really honestly respect. 
And I respected everybody on the carpet. But when Kieran Culkin walked up, I'm like, this is already an award winner. He's such an intense, serious actor, but also has such a great sense of humor. He couldn't have been nicer. He was so great. And I kind of came out the gate with this like hard hitting question about this funeral scene that's at in the show Succession. And he just went on a roll. But he's such a true professional. Like the actors who like gave me something to work with. God fucking bless them. Because interviewing is not an easy job. But when I, I mean, also I tower over everybody. Okay. There's only two people. No, there's three people on that red carpet who I, I did not tower over. And that is Nicholas Braun, who was cousin Greg from Succession, Joel McHale and Ronald Gladden, who was in jury duty. And Ronald's my boy. Okay. Ronald and I have been internet friends since jury duty came out. And if you've never seen jury duty, I think it's on free TV. It's on, it's like, sub, like a sub sect or something of, of Amazon. It's amazing. It is absolutely fucking amazing. So anyways, Ronald's like a normal guy who got thrown on this like pseudo reality show and it, he's incredible. So Ronald was already so excited to be there and I'm kind of crushing his dreams in the interview. Like basically telling him, I'm like, you got this big Hollywood development deal. Let me explain to you what that means. That means they're going to drag you along for seven years. He's like, yeah, I figured either way I'm crushing his dreams. Then Joel McHale comes up. Now I side note, I know I'm going hundred miles an hour here. I just don't even know how to get out all this information in you know, an hour. Joel McHale came up. He and I are buddies. We shot the Great American Bake Off together this summer. And he's just a fucking hoot and a half. I adore him. So I knew we'd make great television. Side note, I didn't realize that they did not air half of the interviews I did. There's only a handful. So all the all of my favorite interviews you might not have seen. I'm going to see if there's any way I can get them online. Because some of these some of these comedians just gave me such good material back. But Joel McHale and I were just letting it rip. I was like, they're not going to air any of this because everything we're saying is just absolutely taboo and insane. But he was just absolutely a doll. But there's, I'm going to be honest with you, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of tall men in this biz, okay? But I'll tell you what, because I know one of the questions, hold on, let me pull this up. And also, I apologize if this is a hot mess of an, of an episode. I'm just trying to let y'all know. I'm, I just have so much to catch you up on. Somebody said, which male actor looked the hottest and made you the wettest, which is such an appropriate question. Listen, since I am basically Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer, I am a hard hitting journalist right now. I don't know if I can, I don't know if it's going to come back to haunt me, but I'll tell you who is so striking and charming in person. And it is Nicholas Braun, cousin Greg from Succession. He is like seven feet tall and he was so funny and so charismatic and I looked into his eyes and I saw sweet cousin Greg and I melted. I really did. I did. And also Henry Winkler. If you don't, first of all, Henry Winkler is one of the kindest people in the biz. And I asked him a question about that. I said, you know, you're, you've got this nice guy reputation and you've said before that you don't feel like you're the nicest guy in Hollywood. Like explain that. He gave such a thoughtful answer. He was so incredible. And I just wanted to squeeze him and give him kisses. Henry Winkler, I'll tell you right now, hottest guy in Hollywood, genuine. He's been in the business. He's still so like humble and grateful and he doesn't need to be because he is truly an icon. I'm absolutely obsessed with him. Okay. What gave you the ick? So it wasn't a single person who gave me the ick because honestly, everyone's a professional and they kind of know how it rolls, but it's really wild because you're standing there in your little booth and then you have other celebrities that are lined up. So I'm doing interviews and then next thing you know, a producer is going to hand me a card for the next person. I've already studied it. I can see them out of the corner of my eye. So it was honestly like you just felt the, you felt the sweet heat of celebrities on the nape of your neck. 
You could just feel them like grilling you down. Like, okay, what's this bitch going to have to say? So not only am I in the middle of this interview, I'm already mentally preparing. I'm three jokes ahead, getting ready for the next broad. You know, you, you know what it's like to see Juliette Lewis just staring at you, wondering what somebody's, you know, oh, what kind of smart, sassy little sentence are you going to come up with, you dumb broad? But she was great. Actually, Juliette Lewis was so funny and made such an incredible interview. But it's really wild because they're standing there with their publicist and then their publicist might say something like, don't ask about, I don't know, I'm throwing out random shit. Don't ask about the divorce or don't ask about the Chicago Bears. They don't want to talk about it. And you're like, I didn't know they were a fan. It was, it's just so wild. And then you can hear people behind you on the carpet getting yelled at like over here, over here. Oh God, it's like you're at a laundromat and you're putting an industrial size washer dryer combo and it is hot, cold, up, down. You're sloshing around. People are shoving quarters down your throat. I mean, it was absolutely the most insane thing. Today, I feel like I was in a car accident and I went to the after party. I didn't even have more than two drinks because I was honestly just exhausted and genuinely thirsty, but I feel absolutely hungover today. But I think it's, you know, it's kind of like how Formula One drivers do it, where they're in a race for two hours and they're going 200 miles an hour. And then when you get the come down, it's like hours later and you're like, I, I, I'm not going to make it. Like, I feel like I got hit by a bus in honestly the best way. But the ick was not from any people. The ick was just like the pressure of knowing that these publicists are also kind of breathing down your neck, ready to get their client up. And then sometimes their client would be like, I want to move to the next one or, or just like we wouldn't have time for the interview. And then you, I'm like, Oh God, I hope this fucking actor who's up for an Emmy isn't pissed at me thinking that I made the call. Cause I'm not making the calls. You know, there's just so many moving parts that you don't even know what's happening. But shout out to the E! News producers because they did such a great job of handling everything so flawlessly. I was just kind of like a talking head. Like, just throw me up somebody and let's chit chat about outfits. Okay, okay. Who was your favorite to interview? I did say I loved Henry Winkler. Ali Wong was so genuinely incredibly cool. Now, you got to understand, being a woman in comedy, just being in comedy, period, she's one of my favorite comedians of all time. I love her. I adore her. And so I knew I had to have like a funny little bit, but I didn't want to be too, you know, too fucking douchey about it. But we got, we had time because there was a commercial break. So I got to chit chat with her for a bit. She had no idea who I was, but she couldn't have been more, more warm and nicer. She was so genuinely like interested. She's like, where do you tour? Where are you from? Could not have been kinder. I'm going to tell you this right now. These celebrities, they don't need to be, they don't need to be necessarily, you know, I don't want to say they don't need to be kind because everybody should be kind. But she just genuinely like asked me questions and was super kind about it. And I, I know that's a very kind of like generic answer, but I just really adored her. So we had fun, witty banter back and forth. And I knew she was going to win. Also Niecy Nash, Niecy Nash Betts and her incredible wife, Jessica, they were to die for. We recorded a, a bit with them. And then for some reason it didn't get picked up. So then we had to re-record it. And she was such a professional and I grabbed her arm and I said, Nisi, I really hope you win tonight. I fucking adore you. And then when she got her acceptance speech and she said, I'm going to thank myself because I know how hard it was to get here. I was like, hell yeah, girl. I mean, I was rooting for all the women that night. I really was. I, I, I know that we want some gossip. Like, was there an interview that was just like, eh? But you also have to realize, even though these people are 
they're so accomplished in their fields and they're probably so used to doing this sort of press. You're also trying to make sure that you're like, you're disarming to them. You, you want everyone to feel comfortable. They're just as nervous. So that kind of set me in the right space where I was like, all right, they're just as nervous as I am. They're just, they're worried about their angle. If, if the light's flattering on their loose neck, they're worried about if their arms look fat, just the way the rest of us are. And that did put me at ease. I mean, I had an interview with Natasha Leone towards the end where I was like, okay, oh, she's just, she is doing her own thing. I asked her what her favorite show was. She said, dead people. That's not a show. She just said she liked dead bodies. So I knew, you know, she's an odd bird in the best way. That's why she's great at the role she plays. But I was like, okay, all right, we got to let this one roll. But it wasn't necessarily an ick. It was the ick of the pressure of just, holy shit, this is moving so quickly. And you have no idea what's going to be thrown at you. And then I had cards of like people that I studied, but then a different celebrity that was like a surprise person who just decided to show up. But they're an A-lister. They're going to throw you, you know, this person up on your podium. I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't prep for this. OK, I want to make sure that I pronounce everyone's name right. There were just so many fucking moving parts. I, I have such a newfound respect for Mr. Seacrest. I mean, all of them. You know, we don't give enough credit to Jason Kennedy and the Juliana ran sick. You know, the icons, the legends, the renegades of all of these award shows. They made it look so easy. I thought I was just going to come in, you know, tell a couple big dick jokes and roll out. And I was like, I'm a professional journalist. I was so surprised I didn't get fired. But I had a great time with E and I hope they bring me back for more because that was just fucking hoot and a half. If there's one thing, my friends, I love on the weekend and during the week, honestly, who are we kidding? It's an ice cold, hard seltzer. But let's be real. The usual packs and flavors are more dull than the season 13 of the Real Housewives of New York. I said it. I said it. That's why we're excited that Truly is shaking things up with their new party pack. Truly believes that life can be more refreshing when we can be real, let loose, embrace imperfection, and allow ourselves to be freak from convention. That's why Truly is something for everyone in more than 30 unique flavors, including three lightly flavored mix packs, berry and a new party pack. Let me tell you why I love Truly. I'll tell you why I love Truly because with only 5% alcohol by volume, 100 calories and one gram of sugar in each can, Truly is a perfect drink to keep you on track for your New Year's resolution unless your resolution was to have less fun. Listen, regardless, Truly's delicious. In fact, we did a collab with them at Mr. Eat Well. We made suits. That's how much I love Truly. Truly's delicious. It's my go-to hard seltzer and I love their new party pack with flavors for everyone. They have a new flavor called Raz Raspberry that is to die for. Again, they've got something for everybody. And with only 5% alcohol by volume and only 100 calories and one gram of sugar in each can. To find Truly Hard Seltzer near you, you go to trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. That's trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations. Truly Hard Seltzer. Keep it light. Truly Hard Seltzer Beverage Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly. It's the best of the best. I love Truly. Again, you can go to trulyhardseltzer.com slash locations to find out where they sell Truly near you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, around the New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. And maybe like you finally organize one part of your space, but you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're just taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Well, listen, therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. I love BetterHelp. I always think it's just healthy to talk to somebody else. You know, get an outside opinion, an outside source, because you know what? You can only bitch and complain and try and work through your, your shit really with your family and your friends so much. But then I think it, sometimes it's better, better to get better help. 
Listen, I love BetterHelp because if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I love BetterHelp. It was so easy when I was on the road. I was able to just literally go online. Only have a 15-minute window. Somebody was able to really chat with me on my time. If you really want to work on yourself this year, yes, obviously go for a walk, get in the gym. You know, anything good that you're going to put towards your body is great. But also, it's nice to have somebody to talk to. It's nice to work on that mental health because that's a part of our lives that a lot of us struggle with. We all struggle with it. It's just time to get a little bit of better help. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash absolutely today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, betterhelp.com slash absolutely. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash absolutely. Now back to the podcast. Who are you most excited to meet? I will say, obviously, anybody from White Lotus, I was just absolutely losing my mind about. But I got to talk to Sabrina. Sabrina is, she was nominated, I think, for Supporting Actress in a Comedy. Or was it a drama? I don't know what they're putting White Lotus under. I should know this. But again, all the information's left my brain. Sabrina plays the uh, general manager at the White Lotus in Sicily. And she was so iconic. And she smelled so good. And she grabbed my hand because, you know, we're kind of standing at an angle. She grabbed my hand. She's like, no, no, darling, I stand directly to camera. This is my good angle. And I was like, she's so fucking Italian. I'm obsessed with her. We giggled. She held my hand. She gave me kisses. We said, grazie mille. We did a little, little kiss. I mean, I could have just squeezed her, shrunk her, put her in my little pocket and just taken little bites. You know what I mean? I was obsessed with her. All right. Which celeb are we sleeping on? Ooh. Oh, great question. Okay. We're not... I don't think we are as a collective sleeping on this person. Jessica Williams, who was on Shrinking, she also be on, used to be on The Daily Show. She was so charismatic and so cool. And the show is so fabulous. So if you're not a fan of Jessica Williams, you need to follow her because she's fucking fantastic. And she was just like a bad bitch. She was just awesome. I loved her energy. I adore her. She's so un unbelievably talented. And here's the thing. I didn't know who I was going to get. Like, I, you know, most of the A-list, A-A-A-A-A, like the lead actors and everything are going to go to Laverne because she's, this is her gig. You know what I mean? I was the support coming in just to, you know, be a support system to her. So I didn't get, I mean, I still got crazy A-list celebs. Like I couldn't believe they gave me Ali Wong, but it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable how cool everybody was. Did you meet anyone off camera that you're excited to see? Hmm, let's think, let's think, let's think. Hmm. Here's a wild thing. Let me back up because we don't have to just talk about the Emmys. They have this party called the night before the Emmys party. And it actually usually happens the night before, but it happened on Saturday night because the Critics' Choice Award was on Sunday. And then the Emmys are on a Monday. Everything's fucked up because of the strike, okay? So roll with me on the timing. Couldn't believe we got the invite. So I took Jen Zabrowski, who is my, you know, television and film writing partner, my business partner in all of our on-camera you know, ventures. We're writing partners. We call ourselves Chi-Chi and Zaza Productions because all of her nieces and nephews call her Aunt Zaza and all of my friends' kids call me Aunt Chi-Chi. So it's a Chi-Chi Zaza production. Anyways, Chi-Chi and Zaza got dolled up on Saturday night to go to this party. Now, the pre-Emmys party is everybody. It is the A-list, the who's who of freaking Hollywood. And we got invited. So let me tell you how this works. You get a time to show up. 
So there's like the early, like the AAA listers go at like 8 p.m. And that, and then we were let in. The, the hounds were let in at 10 p.m. When I tell you, I walked into this room and it was so, it almost takes your breath away. You're like, holy shit. Every star from every television show that I lay in bed and I take my little edibles at night and I lay in bed and I watch my show. I watch The Bear. I watch Succession. I watch The White Lotus. I watch Jury Duty. All these shows are just all there. They're just all there. And I, you know, I was surprised I actually had some friends in the room, which was great. But it is so funny because even though these stars are huge, they all know each other. They're always still kind of looking over their shoulder to see who the next conversation's with, which is just, listen, it's the instinct of the game. You always, you never know what your next job's going to be. So you're always wheeling and dealing. But when I tell you, Jen and I were like, okay, we got, we got the 10 p.m. slot. Now we knew we weren't going to get the 8 p.m., but we showed up at 10. Security was so tight. They must have checked our IDs 10 times. We looked hot, but you still got to play the game. As we were walking in, Rachel Brosnahan, the marvelous Miss Maisel's walking out. And when I tell you, I, I, I live for the marvelous Miss Maisel. When I tell you she is so pretty, she is so stunning. Her skin is so flawless. I just, I, I, I took my breath away. I didn't know what to say. So I saw she was leaving. Some of the other cast members for marvelous Miss Maisel, who are also iconic, were leaving. And I looked at Jen and I said, Jennifer, like we got to hustle in there. The good ones are going, but we get in there and we have the best time. Shout out to fortune Feimster. Shout out to my girl, Wanda Sykes. I just kind of found this great little nook of other female comedians. And we all got to sit and laugh and everybody gets drunk and it's fun. You know what I mean? They're passing around slices of John and Vinny's. What more could you ask for? So that was really fun to see everybody just kind of in party mode and to see who's throwing them back, who's on the dance floor. People were really letting loose. And that that was just a cool experience. And honestly, it's not like, like I'm not a star. How do I put this? Listen, I'm a stand-up. I'm a comedian. I'm an actress. I want to be in these TV shows that these people are doing. I've, you know, I'm, I'm waiting any day now to find out if our NBC sitcom is going to get picked up. Fingers fucking crushed. So, you know, work begets work. You got to just keep doing stuff to see what, when the next thing hits. But man, I was in that room going, this is insane. I'm going to, I'm going to be at the Emmys as a nominee. I give it two years, two years. We're going to get the show up on the air. We're going to have a great first season. I'm going to be nominated. And I just had to keep saying that to myself, like, keep going, keep going. But being in that room, I didn't feel like a fish out of water. I was like, yeah, I deserve to be here. I've worked my ass off for the last 15 years in this industry. And while people only see stuff popping off now, I'm like, that's what everybody thinks. Um, Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is on Abbott Elementary, said, she, she was quoted on the Emmys. She said, it took, well, how many years? I think she said it took her like 20, no, 40 years in the business to seem like an overnight sensation. And that's what people don't understand. I mean, in any line of work, they see success. They see a big, big you know, brand take off or a business take off. And they think, oh, wow, it just happened. No, how, you know, these companies have been putting in the work since the 90s. So regardless, I just had this moment standing around, you know, just, just palming six pieces of pizza while no one else in this room is eating. But I was fucking starving. And I looked around and I'm like, oh, here I am getting life advice from Wanda Sykes, who I've worked with before and I love her and I adore her. And I was like, this is, this is the way it needed to be. So regardless, it's just such a wild, wild experience to be at these events. But also I felt like, all right, I'm in the pocket. I'm in the zone where I need to be. 
Okay, somebody asked, would you do it again? I would. I was so nervous, like I said earlier, going into the, the, the live television experience of just like actually having to be a good journalist, which I am not. I've never claimed to be. I'm a goofball who, you know, likes to write jokes and make people giggle. But am I going to ask you like, you know, what what was the uh, you know, what was the energy that you felt going into the fourth season of Succession, knowing that it could have been the pivotal last moment you were going to be on set? Like, you know, you don't want to hear that from me. But I knew in order to be taken seriously, I had to ask some hard hitting questions. So I did my best. Would I do it again? Absolutely. I'm like, honey, invite me to the Oscars, okay? Hello. I'd love to do a little chit-chat with some salt burn cuties. Let me guess. Your medicine cabinet is crammed with stuff that doesn't work. You still aren't sleeping. You still hurt. You're stressed out. That's how it was for me. So I cleared out my cabinet and reset my health with CBD from CB Distillery. It's been a real change. CB Distillery's targeted formulations are made from the highest quality clean ingredients. No fluff, no fillers, just pure effective CBD solutions designed to help support your health. In two non-clinical surveys, 81% of customers experienced more calm. 80% said CBD helped with their pain after physical activity. And an impressive 90% said they slept better with CBD. If you struggle with health concerns and haven't found relief, make the change like I did to CB Distillery. And with over 2 million customers and a solid 100% money back guarantee, CB Distillery is a source to trust. I have a 20% discount to get you started. Visit cbdistillery.com and use code absolutely for 20% off. That's cbdistillery.com. Code absolutely. Again, that's cbdistillery.com. Use my code absolutely. Oh, man, I know we say this every year, but I am feeling good about 2024. And I'll tell you why. It just feels like the coming year is going to have a lot of fun surprises in store for us. Number one way to guarantee that started off by treating yourself with a little something, something from BlueNile.com. I love nice stuff. I love fine jewelry, but I love fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. And that's what you get at Blue Nile. Whether you're looking for a bit of a New Year's sparkle for yourself or a gift for someone else, I love Blue Nile. I have all my friends are, you know, January, February, March, birthdays. I'm in that Capricorn Aquarius Pisces group. So it's nice to give somebody a nice little treat at the beginning of the year. Blue Nile offers peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. If you have questions, Blue Nile's jewelry experts are on hand 24-7 via phone or chat. From technical questions to budget suggestions, they're here to help to find you a gift that you can feel great about. Blue Nile also offers 30-day returns and diamond price match guarantees so you can always rest easy knowing you've made the right choice. Experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile today at Blue Nile, the original online jeweler. Just go to Blue Nile, that's B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com to find the perfect piece of day. Again, that is BlueNile.com. No one is ever going to open a gift of jewelry and say they don't like it. I mean, I'm going to tell you this right now. One thing that I got great advice from my mom was she said, doesn't matter what holiday is, ask for jewelry. So if you want to give a gift that will be priceless forever, go to BlueNile.com to find the perfect piece of day. Again, that is BlueNile.com. Now back to the podcast. Oh, this is a good one. So run through the day schedule. All right. I love this. So what do we do? You got up at 9 a.m. You're in glam by you know, 12, I am, I am suited and booted, got my two pairs of Spanx on. Sonia, my stylist has put me in the stunning dress. And then I, by one, I am walking to the red carpet, taking my own photos, doing the glam bot, doing all that. I am in position, ready to go. The red carpet opened at 2 PM. The show's at five. 
was it 2.30? I think I either went on air at 2.30 or 3. I can't remember. Or maybe 2. It's all a blur. Either way, I go do my own red carpet, my own press, do the glam bot. And then I am in my position going through cards, checking the cues, got the mic in hand. Test one, two, test one, two. I wolf down half of a baby Snickers. You know, I mean, listen, they're, they're marketing hungry. Why wait is so true. It really is so true. Hungry. Why wait? Get a Snickers. You know, it's got fat, no fiber, but peanuts, a little nougat and chocolate. I, I had to get that blood sugar stable because I couldn't really eat that day too. Anybody who knows me, if I'm going in to do a gig, I'm not going empty tummy. You know, all you really need is a piece of protein with some fat. So I ordered a chicken Caesar for lunch, but I couldn't eat the lettuce. I was just like, ah, I can't. So I just was just palming grilled chicken breast, dipping it in some Caesar dressing to get some fat on it. And I, I, I choked on about three grilled breasts before I walked out the room. So then we were live. And then right after that, I went into the Emmys. So Jen, who was my date again, met me on the red carpet. And then she and I, I put on some Nike Air Force Ones and we popped into the Emmys. I mean, the actual award shows themselves are kind of bizarre. The way it looks on TV is completely different than the, the, the vibe. and the I mean, the energy in the room is just absolutely magnetic. But, you know, you, you think it's in like a dark theater. And every time I've shot a special, it always throws me off because it's you have to light the room completely different than what you see on television. So even on TV, it looks like the lights are low and just the stage lights are on. But the room was lit like it was a fucking UFO landing. OK, I mean, you could see every pore on every starlet sitting across the damn room. So that was wild. But just being at the concession stand, like literally when they go to commercial break and you see a, every A-lister running to the bar or to the bathroom. I mean, I was in the bathroom washing my hands with fucking Jerry from Succession, who's a fucking queen. And I'm like, listen, Jerry, I got to let you know, I absolutely love you. And she was like, thanks, sweetheart. Love your dress. And I'm like, this is fucking great. This is great. That was the run through. And then so we went to the Emmys and then we went back. We changed. We went to the after party, which is something I should definitely get into. Hold on. I got to take a sip. Hmm. So the after party is this thing called the gala or the governor's ball. Dude, the production alone for this party must have been $6 million. It was like nothing that I had ever seen. So when I, when I say you are in a room with a thousand people at these, you know, there's a carving station. There's a, there every kind of food. There's a sushi roll. There's a blue crab roll. There's a prime rib. There's a taco station. There was a dry bar installation. Everything you could ever imagine is in. This under one tent, okay? And the wild thing is, so the, the whole Emmys, everything was down, downtown at the Peacock Theater and then you had to walk across to this convention center for the party. But a Lakers game was going on. So literally you have people carrying their Emmys go, at a crosswalk going across Lakers fans. I, I mean, they were selling the, the bacon-wrapped hot dogs on the corner. I mean, it was just such a a wild experience of here are these like, Hollywood stars carrying their Emmys, just, you know, walking in sneakers next to the Lakers fans who couldn't care less. It was just absolutely such a great visual of just like nobody really gives a fuck about celebrities. And it was fantastic. But then you go into this big gala and the coolest thing that I kind of like sat there and I watched from afar. I kind of creeped from afar, if you will. And I say afar, I was really right at the red rope, right in the middle of the room. They had this giant Emmy statue and they had engravers. So if you won an Emmy, you got to go 
and have them engrave your name on your Emmy. And I watched Jeremy Allen White from The Bear. I loved him on Shameless. Shameless is one of my favorite shows of all time. Shanola Hampton on that show, who played Viv, was just the greatest, I think, character of all time. And her, I, I just love, I love that show. Anyways, I was a huge fan of Jeremy Allen White's Forever. And so I'm so glad to see him winning in this incredible role in The Bear. And if you haven't watched The Bear, it's just absolutely unbelievable. Although I don't know why it was nominated for a comedy. It's kind of a dramatic show. It is very, it does have funny moments. But anyways, I digress. It's watching him get his Emmy engraved and monogrammed was just the fucking coolest. And I'm sitting there in this gold dress. I had already taken my shoes off. So I'm fucking Britney Spears, redneck, raw dogging it across this $6 million party. And I am just munching on a Rice Krispies treat that was hand dipped in chocolate sauce. I got a tequila soda in one hand and I am just munching on this thing. And Jen went back to the bar and she came back and she's like, Heather, you look like such a fucking like creepy pervert right now. Like I'm just munching barefooted like a psycho fan watch staring directly. I wasn't even trying to like, oh, it's out of the corner of my eye. It's over my shoulder. I was just gawking at Jeremy Allen White getting his his Emmy engraved. And it was just a really cool experience. I know, okay, I'm hustling. I'm throwing my card out. I'm handing out headshots. I was letting people know, open for business. We are open. Not sexually. That's not what I meant. You know what I mean? So I was working the room. I was working the room. It felt great to have people in the industry be like, we loved you. Great interview. Da, da, da. So that was very exciting. But I was like, I was just sniffing out the NBC execs. You know, like, just like a little, little rat. Just like, hey guys, are you going to pick up my show? I would love to know if you're going to pick up my show. I have worked on this diligently for seven years. Are you going to pick up my show? So I definitely was out there wheeling and dealing. And that's what you do. Here's the thing. Even the people who won the fucking Emmy are out there looking for their next gig. You know, Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv in Succession, she was running across the room in this gorgeous red gown. I adore her. She was holding her Emmy and she was running across the room. And she passed by my table and Jen, my business partner and I, and I was there with my manager, Maggie. Maggie was like, oh my God, she's coming. Like, we're all just such fans. And we just yelled, yes, queen, let's go. And she turned around in the most like, it was just like the most yes girl moment. She was like, thanks girls. And kept running. And I could just feel the joy and zest and zeal in her heart. I was like, I, this is the greatest night of my life. You know, it's such a... Uh, I don't even know how you describe it. You know, this was my Super Bowl. Television is what I love. Obviously, I'd love to be at the Oscars. I love movies, but you know, they're not, I'm not auditioning for, <laughs> I don't audition for a lot of movies, but either way, I just felt like this is where I was meant to be. I do deserve a seat at the table and I'm just manifesting. You know, I had Emmys on the vision board a couple years ago and I'm hoping in a year or two, I'm going to be there as a nominee, you know, as believe, receive, but we did the cardinal sin. My dogs were barking and I, I, this was now my second pair of heels. So halfway through the live broadcast, I took off these gorgeous Badgley Mishka shoes and I was barefoot and then I put on sneakers. And then when I had to go back and do a quick change, I then put on new heels. Now every woman knows the, what's the cardinal rule. Once you take off the heels, you will never be able to get them back on because your feet swell and they expand. And even if your feet are just absolutely aching, you either got to take them off and leave them off and elevate the toes or it's never going to get back on. 
So I made the cardinal sin at this after party. I took off my shoes like an absolute redneck and I'm walking around raw dogging, getting Rice Krispies, hand dipped in chocolate, eating some prime rib, getting a little blue crab roll. You know what I mean? I got soy sauce on my face. I'm running around. And then I, I realized I had to walk back to the Ritz Carlton that was across the street. I don't know if you've been to downtown LA in a minute, but you can't raw dog in, in downtown LA. So I had to figure out how to get my sausage feet back into these heels. And it was the walk. I know every woman, I don't think guys will really understand this. Every woman knows that feeling. It's not even, I want to say like, you know, when you feel your heartbeat in, in your toes, it's like when the actual pulse from inside your vital organs, you can feel it just thumping right on the pads of your feet. And we had to walk about five minutes back to the, the Ritz Carlton. And I know what you're thinking. It's five minutes. I, with every breath I took, it felt like there were shards of glass being shot up through my Achilles. And I was just barely making it. Just a tink, 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 tink. And Jen was wearing Louboutins and she was dying. And we were just like, we shouldn't have done it. You can never take off your heels and then expect to shove your fat foot back in them. It's not going to work. I did see Harrison Ford. Oh, I forgot that. I saw Harrison Ford. I told him where the party was. He's like, you guys going to the party? And I was like, you bet your ass we are, Indiana Jones. And I saluted him. And he said, that's not necessary. I mean, that was freaking cool. I wanted to meet Carol Burnett. I didn't see her. She is, you know, uh, an absolute legend in comedy. I didn't see her, but I literally love her. But she was there. You know, everybody's asking, give us a tea on who was nice and who wasn't. I got to be honest with you. People were like thrown at me like a like a dart. So if they were nasty and they turned away from me and they were like, she was a dumb bitch. I didn't catch it because I was having producers tell me what was going on in my ear. So I got to be honest with you. I did not. I didn't catch it. I mean, you could tell from some people's energy, like they're like, okay, I don't know who you are. But I genuinely tried to like, you know, ignorantly chalk it up to that they were nervous. So I'm sure once I get a couple more of these under my belt, I will absolutely be able to spill the tea of like, you know, whose show we shouldn't be watching. But nobody was really, honestly, I didn't, I, I, I didn't have a, a dust up with anyone yet, you know. But shout out to Joel McHale, who I love and adore. I got to bring him on this podcast. He, he just grabbed the bike from me and we were just letting it rip. I call him my enemy, but he's not. But they didn't air that one. There was a couple that they didn't air that were some of my favorite interviews. So I'm gonna have to find them. Oh, somebody just randomly asked me, who's your daddy? Oh, <laughs> thank you for that question. My father is Kyle McMahon, actually didn't have a middle name. He is dead. So that, well, I guess he, who was my daddy, he's dead, but who's currently my zaddy, which is, I'm sure, a Freudian slip. Uh, that's my husband, Jeff. Thank you for that thoughtful question. Okay, who was awkward? Again, they may have come off as awkward on television, but they really weren't. Nobody was awkward. I mean, again, Natasha was just cruising. She, you know, she beats to her own drum, but it wasn't even awkward. I was just like, she's doing her thing. She's artsy fartsy. I love it. What celebrity surprised you the most? I do think cousin Greg, I mean, you know, he's so charming, but he was really great. Also, Kim Jong is just like, I adore him. He was so fantastic. Niecy Nash, I, I can't say enough nice things about her. She is, if I could have a career like hers, I mean, she was iconic being in Reno 911 and then she started to like pivot and do these, you know, more dramatic roles. Here's the thing I'm gonna tell you right now. Comedians can do drama. Dramatic actors can't do I said it. I said it. 
I adore her. Everything that she's done in her career, I just, I think she's fucking flawless. Okay. It's a lot of who smelled the worst. It, it, nobody was stinky. I mean, come on, you guys, they have publicists. If you don't think the publicists have in their bag Listerine strips, a little, you know, aquadigio, they're, they're dousing them in between interviews. Nobody smelled bad. But I will say, Sabrina from the White Lotus, because she is absolutely Italian and I, chef's a kiss. She smelled so good. I'm obsessed with her. I want to do a project with her. Oh, let me tell you. Hold on. Wait, we didn't even get to this. Oh, my God. Paul Walter Hauser. He was nominated and won. Congratulations to Paul. He won for Blackbird. And I met him at the pre-Emmys party. He and his wife, Amy. And Amy, shout out to Amy. She is a big fan of the podcast. They came up to me at the pre-Emmys party. Now, he is in, like has won many awards. He's an incredible actor. And he's in this big drama called Blackbird right now. And... They came up to me and he's like, tiramisu, bitch. I watched the special. My wife loves you. I love you. He could not have been kinder. And they didn't air this, but at the red carpet, he came up with a piece of tiramisu for his interview. We stand Paul Walter Hauser. We stand his wife, Amy. We here at the Absolutely Not podcast, they can do no wrong by us. Literally, he came up and he had a surprise piece of tiramisu and he looked into the camera and he's like, tiramisu, bitch, love the podcast. So anybody who listens, I want you to know that Paul Walter Hauser also loves us. And uh, that was the most iconic moment. Of course, that didn't make it on fucking air because, you know, that'd be a, a self-promotion promo for the fucking podcast. But it was the greatest shout out of my life. And then he went and won, a, won an Emmy, baby. He went and won an Emmy. I will say, I do think I, I was maybe a little good luck charm for people. Ali Wong won. Kieran Culkin won. Paul Walter Hauser. Niecy Nash Betts. I'm just saying, if you stop by my booth, you might leave with a trophy. Oh, what was in the goodie bag? Y'all, I'm here to tell you right now. I didn't get a goodie bag at any of the, any of the parties. I don't think there was a goodie bag leaving the governor's ball. But there was a goodie bag the night of the pre-party for the Emmys. And you know it probably had some expensive skincare. And Delta Airlines was one of the was one of the installations at the party. And Jen grabbed me and she goes, Heather, they, they're giving away like $250 certificates, credits. I'm like, like anybody in this room needs $250 to their next flight to Singapore. I do. Your girl's going abroad. You know how expensive it's going to be to get my ass back from Australia? I'm going there on points. It's expensive. So I was like, Jen, grab six goodie bags. I, I got I got eight flights. I'm going back on the road. Okay. I'm going to Pensacola. I need I need $250 for that flight. But we completely forgot because we were get, having a good time and dancing with Padma uh, from Top Chef. And so it was like Padma and Wanda Sykes and Fortune. And we're all dancing and having a great time. And then I was like, ah, shit. Ah, shit. We didn't get the damn goodie bag. I mean, amateur hour. But now, now that we've been and we're going to get invited to more, you bet your ass. I'm going to go directly to the goodie bag. I'm going to find a nice fern by the porta potties, shove it in there and just know on my way out, you know, get the goods. I mean, I was pissed. I forgot the goodie bag. All right. I mean, everyone's kind of asking the same question, you know. Was the liquor flowing? The liquor is flowing at the actual Emmys. I didn't smell it on anybody's breath on the carpet. And even if they did, I'm not going to, you know, you do you, honey. But at the after parties, yeah, people were having a great time. 
and everyone's asking, is Cousin Greg hot? He's the hottest and the nicest and just so charming and charismatic. I mean, everybody kind of wants to know the same. Who Who is the worst? I, oh, no, we're not there yet. You know, and but it was just such a wild experience. And I, I hope this was informative. I just was so bombarded and overwhelmed with the questions. Everybody wanting to know kind of behind the scenes. So I just figured we'll do a little quick episode and let y'all know what was good. But regardless, I do want to say thank you so much to all the support. The, the way you guys rallied, the way you were like tweeting at E and, and everybody just saying how much you loved it. It means the world to me. I could not do 90% of the things I do without y'all and your support. And I owe you so much and I'm so grateful. So thank you for also just making me feel like I did a good job because I want you to know I'm doing it all for y'all. Speaking of doing it all for y'all, I am back on the road. I'm going to be in Jacksonville, Florida this Thursday. I'm going to be in Pensacola, Florida on Friday. Then I am coming to Las Vegas the weekend of, I think, of February 3rd and 4th. I'll be at the Wynn, back at the Wynn, the Encore Theater. And then I'm going to be in Australia. Australia, listen up. We're playing Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. I'm coming to you. Check those dates at heatherontour.com. And then we've got other dates on the books. I'm coming to the West Coast. I'm doing Salt Lake City, Sacramento. And I'm going back to one of my favorite cities, Lexington, Kentucky. So, you know, we're back, baby. School is back in session. We are on the road. We're wrapping up this comeback tour. I guess, what do you call it? Q2? Q1? What are we We're in Q1. I think by Q2. There's four Qs, right? There's four Qs. Yeah. We'll be uh, wrapping that up by May. So if you haven't seen the show, get your tickets because the tour now, we've already shot the special, but it's probably not going to come out till December or top of 2025. So if you want to see this, you better come see it now. But get your tickets on HeatherOnTour.com. I am so excited to be back on the road and, and see y'all in person and giggle. Take care of yourselves. Don't forget, we're all in this together. And I always try and be a source of light and levity and just absolute nonsense bullshit. I know this was a little bit more of an informative podcast episode, but I promise we'll be back to the absolutely not line very soon. You can always call in 800-213-7503. Let me know your absolutely nots. And if you got an absolute yes, we all also love to start the year off on a positive note. I love you. I mean it. I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for being here. Ciao, Bella. Arrivederci. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.